game is never over till the end. Deshaun Lowe's right side. Whenever that clock strikes zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. It's Texans All Access. Texans All Access presented by Daikin, keeping Houstonians comfortable with the latest cooling and heating products designed to save energy and improve indoor air quality inside your home. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer and learn more at DaikinLovesHouston.com. D-A-I-K-I-N LovesHouston.com. Daikin. Here's the show. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome into 2020. And another edition of Texans All Access on this January 1st of the new year, the new decade, whatever you want to call it. But welcome in. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And so glad to be with you as we get ready for Saturday and the Buffalo Bills coming to town. We have got plenty for you on the show this evening. We have got DJ Reader joining us for Deep Slant Interview of the Week with DP Sidhu. This is going to be fun. DJ and DP, very, very good stuff. You definitely want to tune in for that. We always want to tune in, but DJ Reader is good on the mic. I told him the other day after I heard him at Fuddruckers, I'm like, bro, just stay in, the, stay in the game as long as you can. I don't want you taking my job. He is awesome. So DJ Reader is going to stop by. My man, Dirty Red Clint Sterner, former Razorback quarterback, former Cowboy Dolphin quarterback, Baytown Lee legend Clint Sterner is going to stop by the studio and he's going to share his thoughts on the Bills, on Sean Watson, and also what he thought from A.J. McCarron. So Clint Sterner is going to stop by. Then our Men Behind the Mic series continues with one of the better guys in the NFL, John Murphy. Now, we already know Mark Vandermeer is an awesome guy and he is great for this organization. And John Murphy is Mark's equivalent in Buffalo. He is a stand-up guy. Calls a great game. Got to know him over the last couple of years. John Murphy is going to stop by for our Men Behind the Mics segment. Then, it's Drew's Dozen. 12 questions with, this week, it's Keon Crossan. Corner that's been with the Texans since the first week of the year. That weekend right before, right after preseason, right before the Saints game. The Texans made a bunch of moves. They made a trade for Keon Crossan, a guy that can run, he can cover a little bit, so he plays on defense some. He plays special teams all the time. He is a really interesting guy. When Drew got done with this interview, he texted me, and he's like, when are you playing this? And I was like, well, I've, I've, I've got a, I'm not totally sure, but I think Wednesday. And he goes, this is really fun. You're really going to enjoy this. So based on Drew's recommendation, I took a listen. <laughs> you guys will love it. Very interesting guy from Western North Carolina. Keon Cross and we'll have that. And then Mark's going to stick around for a segment with me, and we're going to talk about any number of things. But one of the things that stood out to me was looking at the Buffalo Bills, they got in the playoffs in 2017. That was just two years ago. Just two years ago. And the team has changed so significantly in that time. And there are a lot of guys playing in their very first playoff game ever. Some rookies on on the offense, Devin Singletary, Cody Ford, and Dawson Knox. But also, Josh Allen will be starting his first playoff game. And yes, being a quarterback for an NFL team, calling an NFL game, two totally different things. But Mark had that experience back in 2011. He also shared with me, there was a time back in 2001 that I didn't even know about. That was actually his first NFL playoff game. 
What are those nerves like? What's it like getting through that experience and doing that for the first time? I My first playoff game was, oh boy, 2015 against the Chiefs. And I was gassed up like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I was, I, oh my gosh, I was so excited. And I remember Andre and Mark talking to me like, dude, you're just going to have to keep it in check. You're just going to have to keep your emotions under control. And I did that. When Mark threw it down to me to start the game, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. I was good. I got through it. And then Niall Davis took the first kickoff back for a touchdown. I thought, boy, that wasn't how I saw this one going. And since then, uh, it's been each playoff game has been a little bit, I don't say easier, but you can kind of handle the ups and downs a little bit more. And so it's probably been a little bit more fun uh, to do those playoff games because you're not as gassed up as you were for that first one. But a lot of bills will be on Saturday, and it could play a role dealing with their nerves in a loud building, especially at the quarterback position like Josh Allen. So there is the outline of the show. So let's get it started with some hot reads. Hot reads brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car and or motorcycle insurance. Let's do a little Texans audio jukebox. Let's start with the quarterback of your Houston Texans, and that would be Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he went to the podium yesterday and kind of to my point about the playoffs. I was talking about it for me and for everybody. I mean, everybody remembers the first time that they were in the playoffs, and that for Deshaun was last year. And he said, you know what? Playoffs are just a little bit different. Going into every game, every play matters, but um, you don't really know it until you actually experience that. And uh, that's what we experienced last year. It's going to happen fast. It's going to come by fast. The game is going to go by faster. The plays, the players play a little bit more faster than the regular season. Everything just speeds up. So uh, just being able to, you know, be prepared and see how, you know, the energy and everything changes in a playoff game, it uh, it really helps out. We kind of get that first-hand look last year, and, it, you know, it didn't go our way, but we got another opportunity this year. There's no question. And you get in the playoffs, I mean, it's one and done. You play 16 games. In the last, the last couple of weeks, you're playing for a playoff spot. You're not losing. You're done. In the playoffs? Well, it's one and done. And Sean talked about how much it means. It means a little bit more. It's a new season. It's a it's a different energy, and I mean, every day counts. Everything you do counts, and all you got to do is be the best team that day for those uh, sixty minutes. So if you can do that, regardless of what your ranking is or what your record is, it doesn't matter. Um, and everyone is fighting for that one goal. So um, you know, it's a blessing. It's a great honor. It's a great opportunity for us in this franchise and everyone in that locker room. So. Uh, we're definitely going to fight you know, all 60 minutes and see what happens. One thing I love about Deshaun, though, is even though last year was not what everybody wanted, everybody wanted to take this thing every single year, want to go to the Super Bowl, and had the opportunity in the playoffs last year, and it didn't go well. He still loves being the leader for this team. You're the face of the franchise, and you know everyone is looking, looking for you. So regardless if you're down, if you're up, and you're you know facing that, you know, sometimes adversity, but you're having success too. You know, people want to still, you know, see the that fight and that will to, you know, continue to finish what you gotta, what you started, or you know, and try to win the 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 game or what you're, you know, competing in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's gonna follow that and everyone's it. And when it comes to being competitive, there are a lot of competitive people in this building, me included. I don't know if anybody's as competitive as this guy. And he talked about he's always been that way. It started as flat football, just, you know, really just in the backyard before even I played, you know, flat football or, you know, tiger football. It was just 
I've always had the mentality to, to compete and do whatever it takes to win. And if I lose, you know, get back up and, and keep pushing forward. Um, but I've always had a mentality and always wanted to win and compete hard. And I've been blessed to have, you know, other talent around me and, you know, great coaches around me and great teams. But uh, it's definitely, you know, in my DNA to, you know, go out there and compete and try to win everything I do. And last year, that loss, I know that had to stick with him. We talked to him in the uh, in the off season, I think heading into OTAs, and I actually asked him the question about the playoff loss. Like, it didn't go well for a lot of people. Like, how motivating is that? He talked about how last year's playoff loss was motivating, no doubt. Last year's last year, but you know, it kind of you know was a definitely a motivational deal throughout the off season. Um, but it's a new, it's a new season, it's a new playoff opportunity, it's a new, you know, team that we're going against with the Buffalo Bills and uh, different personnel, everything. So, yeah, we can focus on that. And, and last year, we definitely don't want that to happen again. But at the same time, we just got to focus on one day at a time and this opportunity, and and we can't let it slip away. So, um, yeah, you can say that too. One of the things that I love about Deshaun is how honest he will be about what's going on, about his play about the team's play about everything really and the one thing that he talked about that really kind of hit me when he went to the podium was was turnovers lately he had two interceptions against Tennessee Um, he had um, against Tampa Bay he had the one deep down the field and he talked about how the turnovers overall not just his but overall have really kind of held the offense back the last month of the season you take those two turnovers from Denver, uh, not Denver, but uh, Tennessee, um, and then just miscommunication in, uh, um, in Tampa Bay, and that's pretty much it. In Denver game, we didn't get too many opportunities in the red zone, but uh, yeah, if I don't turn up two you know, balls over in Tennessee, you know, that's 14 extra points, and who know how the game goes. So, you know, something that we corrected, but, you know, I can't worry about that and, you know, just play football. You know, whatever happens, happens, and, you know, we move on from it. And that's what I love. I love about him. Look, you got to just move on. Be where your feet are. That's where you want to be. Be where your feet are. Focus on the moment at hand and what you have to do. It's like right now. I've got a million things going on, but I'm focused on this radio show. Getting that done and then whatever's next is next. You handle that. That's the way Deshaun looks at things. Now, of course, Deshaun went to Clemson University, and they had themselves a big win on Saturday in the playoff, and he said, oh, yeah, of course, I enjoyed that win by Clemson over the Ohio State University. No, it was awesome. I mean, I just flashed back to when I played in it in 2016 uh, when we played Ohio State in the same game in the, in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, we, our game was a little different. We kind of blew them out. But, uh, yeah, it was dope to see uh, It was dope to see Trevor, another Georgia boy, uh, you know, come in and do what he do and, and continue the streak going. And, I mean, he's doing great. And, I mean, it was fun because I'm calling every play they're running. I remember that playbook like it's the back of my hand. So it was dope to see him, you know, do the quarterback draws and, you know, throw the bang gates and the go routes and everything. And the the pop pass he threw to TN and the score on that last drive. So uh, I remember all that. So it was dope. Yeah, it was dope. There's no question. The game was incredible. It was an incredible football game. All right, let's stay with our Texans audio jukebox and move on to DeAndre Hopkins. and. Obviously, DeAndre does what he does with a little help from Deshaun Watson. And he said, look, no matter what Deshaun's done in the past or what he'll do in the future, they all believe in what this guy can do. I think everybody in this locker room, offense and defense, 
feeds off of his, um, you know, his game. Uh, how he never feels like we're out of the game, no matter what the score is. Um, you know, I think it feeds off, uh, you know, throughout the locker room, everybody. Now, this week, big news, J.J. Watt just yesterday activated to the 53-man roster. Sean Gibson put on IR. I hate that for T-Gip. But J.J. is back. DeAndre talked about how good it is to get Watt back. J.J. is a guy that you know, a lot of people in this locker room look up to, the way he works off the field. Um, you know, he worked hard to, to come back and be able to help this team out. So, um, you know, it's going to be great to have him back. And he also talked about how good this defense is for the Bills. Tredavious White is a guy that Hop is going to have to battle with. And it's a good defense at Hop. Very good secondary. Um, you know, not, I don't really know too many stats about uh, individual players, but I know, um, you know, they're, they're playing us this Saturday. So uh, for, for them to be able to do that, they've got to do some things right. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of things right. All right, let's talk to Laramie Tunsil, who said he's excited to get back in the playoffs. And I started thinking about it. Man, Miami went to the playoffs? Yeah. Back in 2016, they played the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was Tunsil's rookie year, and he's playing guard. But he said he's excited to get back to the playoffs with the Texans. It's great to be here, man. It's, it's great to have an opportunity to be in the postseason. You know, I haven't been in the postseason since my rookie year, and it, it feels great to have this group, to be around this group of guys and, and head into the postseason. And he said they've got to run the football, and they've had some good moments running the football this year. Tennessee, they ran the ball very, very well. They got to do that again, says LT. You want to get the running game going for you to open up the passing game, in my opinion. Uh, you know, that's something we proud on is the running game, and, and that's the offensive mentality to keep the quarterback clean in, in, in the running game. Now, the last time the Texans played the Buffalo Bills, the star was Jonathan Joseph. He had a pick six, essentially kind of a walk-off pick six, if you will. And he talked about how this Bills offense is sort of unique, and it's a formidable one with all the speed they've got, and Josh Allen at quarterback. I think a complete unit. You know, they all um, move in sync. You know, obviously they got some speed at the receiver positions, tight end position, um, well-rounded uh, running back position. Obviously, you know, the young guy with Frank Gore has been doing it forever. And, you know, Allen at the quarterback position, he can run the ball, extend plays with his legs, and make all the throws. J.J. obviously is a big topic in the locker room, and J. Joe was asked about what it means to get J.J. back. Just, you know, having a guy like that pumps everybody up. You know, um, obviously him working hard and coming back early off an injury, you know, that's big time. Shows you the commitment he has for this team. But at the end of the day, you know, um, anytime you have a guy like that out there, you know, whether you get his production or not, just having a guy like that out there next to you, knowing that he's going to give his all, saves a lot. There he is, Jonathan Joseph. You heard a little bit from Laramie Tunsil, Jonathan Joseph, DeAndre Hopkins, and Deshaun Watson. And that is your Texans audio jukebox. All right. Those were your hot reads presented to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Coming up, this guy you didn't hear from there, but you love to hear from. He is tremendous on the mic, and so is DP Sidhu. DJ Reader, Grave Dave, going to join DP next on our Deep Slant one-on-one presented by Xfinity right here on Texans All Access. I would like to wish a happy new year to all of you out there. Listen, happy 2020. But in particular, a special message out to all of my teachers. Happy New Year. Hopefully you are enjoying your time away. But you're going to go back to school soon, and you need to be rejuvenated. So this message is for you. Do you want to bring a little Texas football to your classroom? Then sign up for Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Toro's Math Drills is a video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash 
Toro's math drills to learn more. Now, I know you hear third and fourth graders, and you're like, well, wait a second. I teach fifth grade, or I teach seventh grade. There's a way that you can take the information from Toro's math drills and make it work for your classroom. Trust me on that. Big facts. You got to trust me on that. So there you go, Conoco Phillips. Making your teaching sessions that much better with a little Houston Texans football involved. All right, welcome back. It is a New Year's night. It's our first edition, 2020 edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And it's time for our Deep Slant interview of the week, a one-on-one presented by Xfinity. DP Sidhu sat down this week with, to me, the best interior defender in the league, DJ Reader. DP? It's the Deep Slant one-on-one presented by Xfinity. Our guest this week, DJ Reader. I can't believe I've never had you on this because I feel like we talk all the time. Yeah, we do talk a lot. radio shows and the locker room. So nice. welcome in. How are you doing? Better late than never. Yes, I'm great. Um, season's done. It's in the books. And I'd like to congratulate you on being named 2019 Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Thank Texas. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank Ro- you. Romeo Cornell says you don't get very many accolades for doing what you do, but... People are talking yeah, about you in the notice. season. Yeah, my friends, um, friends, family, and the fans notice, so, you know, that's that's good. And I'm being able to make an impact this year, and so it's been huge for me, you know. Um, I enjoy my position, not much notability and not, like, much going on. It's fun. It's cool being in the spot that I'm in. You like to not be in the spotlight. It's just cool. It's just, you got other cooler positions. I understand, like, wide receiver and those guys, they're fun. Like, I like watching them, too. I wouldn't really... Uh, be watching me as much if I didn't play the position. I think you guys are cool. You have T-shirts. You're the Lynchville yeah. crew. We're fun, but like we like. You're I, fun? I feel yes. like I can still like go everywhere and still, like I said, have that little spot where like people don't really notice who you are. People don't like, recognize you when you're like, on the they, they like. I mean, I mean, I'm sure kind of, but like they don't. They're not for sure. So it's always <laughs> like, like, oh. He looks and by the time I'm already gone, by then, you oh. know what I mean, I'm already. Push my cart by That's probably not the case if you're traveling with JJ if you're out and about yeah, with JJ. Yeah, you can't go places with mm. him. He's kind of... You have to leave him home. They if don't you guess him. on him. They know. They're spot on. Yes. Kinda, I can see that. How many humans walk around his house? Yeah. I'm going to get to J- <laughs> I'm gonna get to JJ in a bit. But first, okay, this week, wild card week. It's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a fun week because you're one of just a few teams yeah. out there practicing. What's this week like for you as a player? You've you know, gotten to experience a, a few times It's now. amazing. You know, it's, it's crazy. You, there are one to 12 teams playing throughout this playoffs and like one of eight playing on that day and so you're just you're excited and you're just out ready to go out there for the next game you know that this is this is a one and done type of deal you know it's tournament time you know so it's, it's fun you know, this is what you play for this is what you grow up wanting to play for to go get a chance to go play for world championships so does it feel different in the meeting rooms or on the practice field for the players i think it's a little more room? attention to details everybody's just i don't know if i would say on edge but everybody's just antsy you know especially for people who don't know mm. Like, about the playoffs, you know, I've been fortunate enough to go a couple of times, but haven't gone as far as I wanted. But it's different. You know, it's different. It's a different style of ball. Everything is that much more important because you don't just got the next Sunday to count on. You know, right. you're playing to get to the next Sunday, to earn the right to play the next Sunday after that every time. You made it as a rookie. I've yeah. heard a lot of players say that playoff football is different from regular season football. It's just yeah. faster. There's a different energy. Is that what you felt like? I mean, you were already a rookie, so you were getting adjusted to the speed yeah. of the game. So what was that like, making that jump it's, to the playoffs? Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's faster. Everybody's, you know, you're scheming up week to week. You're scheming up for one week. You're putting all your eggs in that one basket sure. for one week. You're not holding anything back. So it's different. You never know what you're going to get. You know, people bring out different things. And so it's just it's fun. But, you know, it's still the game within the game. So you got to go out there and play your game. And like I said earlier, just earn your right to play the next week. 
How do you feel about this season? You've set some single-season career highs. Mm -hmm. uh, you did it in quarterback hits. You more than doubled your previous total. And then you've got a single-season career high in sacks, TFLs. I mean, you're having quite a year. So yeah. how does it feel going into the playoffs with sort of the season that you've had this year? And what do you think was part of that success this year for you? I think it feels good, you know, just – we're playing, playing good ball with my guys right now, and that's fun. You know, it's always awesome to go out there and play with my brothers. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's just, I guess just off-season work and just trying to trend forward. You know, if you're not progressing, you're dying. I felt like I was just trying to trend forward as a player, seeing guys who came in with me, you know, this defense, our, our team being better, all of us growing up. You know, I wanted to contribute my part, and I felt like, you know, I was able to do that and just got to keep doing it in the playoffs. Everyone talks about how good you are against the run. Yeah. You're really stout up there. So you're going to face the Bills. It's mm -hmm. a team that you saw last year. It's a little bit different, but Josh Allen's the same. Yeah. So what do you see from him when you watch him on film going from year one to year two? Uh, he can make any throw. You know, I think he's a little bit more confident in his arm this year. I think last year, you know, he used his way, his legs as a way to get confident with his arm to stay in games. Uh, I think he's still mobile. You know, he definitely still can run, but I think he's very confident in his arm and what they do. You know, it's another year in the system for him. He's just gaining comfortability, you know. And they got a good young team, you know, a lot of guys out there flying around. So it's going to be a fun game. What is it like facing these mobile quarterbacks with the yeah. design runs? Do you like that? Is that I'm, Obviously, it's more of a challenge, but for uh, a guy that likes to stop the run, what's, what's I guess, that like? I guess, like, growing up in the era that I grew up in, it's all you're used to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, I've been playing in high school against the college against it, and now here against it. So, you know, it's just all you're used to. Week to week, I guess it changes. You know, you have some guys that stay in the pocket a little bit more, but. You just get so used to it because it's all you play against now, especially the way like college ball is trending, the way the NFL is trending. It's all you go against. So it's like it's a new phase of the game. What do you think is the biggest key to defending uh, against the run? Is it going to be technique? Is it going to be film study? Is I it think, just reps? What I think there's just a lot that goes into it. You know, a little bit of luck goes into it, and then a little bit of just not letting them get out, get you outside your game, but also being aware that they're mobile quarterbacks. They're not just going to stand there. You can't give them big wide wrestlings, but. You can't focus on that too much and get outside of what you do as a player, you know? I remember once on one of our radio shows you said, in every game, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what the other team's going to do. It's just a matter of whether or not you can execute, execute yeah, what you need to do yeah, to stop everybody it. Knows. I feel like everybody kind of has an idea of what people are going to do. And, like, even if you didn't, like, after that play, you're like, oh, I kind of could have guessed that. But, like, you just got to know when those – take your, have your best guess of when those series of things mm -hmm. are happening, you know? So, I mean – Playing the game and watching games, watching full games on film, I think helps you get a better feel of how the game's going to go. I know you love your D-linemen, but how about yeah. Angelo Blackson this year with two blocked field goals yeah. in back-to-back -back games? I know you call him Popolo. I asked him yeah. about it. Um, what do you think of Popolo and what uh, he's been able to do? Good, man. You know, he just actually had another baby today, which is... Oh, he's super Popolo. Yeah, I had a oh, baby wow, girl, okay. so you know, that's a big congrats. But, you know, he's been doing a good job, and he's just... Getting his hand up, you know, me, him, and Carlos, and the guys in the field goal block team doing a good job of getting some push. And Low, Low's probably got the best vertical out of all of us, so he he's the one that jumps. He might have the shortest. Which is surprising arm. when you look at him because he's a big guy. Like, yeah, he, but he you know, so much height. Lowe's he's he's explosive. He's an explosive guy, so he's got he's a little more bounce than us. So we let him do the jumping. All right, JJ. Obviously, the big news yeah. is with JJ and him coming back to the practice field. Tell me what it's like when JJ's on the field versus when he got hurt and then he was when he was gone. How much did it adjust what you had to do? I know everybody mm. else had to sort of step up and no one no one player can make up for JJ yeah. Bingo, but what was that transition like for you? What will it be like now that he's back on the on the field? I think it's gonna be, you know, just fun having him back out there, you know, just out there running around with us 
getting after it, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing. And, you know, having them out there is, um, it helps just, just taking breaths and just like you being able to go out there and be like, all right, this is what we're doing. This was like, this, this is our guys back out there. So, you know, we're excited, but, um, you know, it's just, it, it was different, you know, it's different for all of us. You know, we, a lot of us aren't used to out there playing on that island that he plays on. So, you know, going out there for us, just bigger guys, a little bit different, but it's good to be in back, having back, especially at this time of the season. It's important to have that leadership, that leader back, and that player back on the field, you know, that production. Do you notice a difference in him back on the field after the injury? Obviously, he's gone through his share yeah. of injuries, but to come back in a season where he wasn't expecting to come back, does he just seem different out on yeah, the Yeah, I think he's just excited. I don't think, you know if I see, like, different player, but I think he's just excited to be out there just like a kid who just got, you know, their second chance. You don't get those often, so he's excited to make it, take advantage of it. All right, so it's the end of 2019, so I've got to yes. ask you, your favorite play that you were involved in in 2019. Since you don't get a lot of accolades, I want, favorite you, play. I want you to put your favorite play out there. Favorite one or two, even. Uh, that pick six by Robe against Tampa was pretty cool just because me and him had just, like, talked about it before the game. And it wasn't necessarily my play, but it was just exciting to go out there. You know, he had been banged up a couple weeks before, and then now he's back out there, and he catches a pick six the first play of the game. That was pretty cool. Um, you talked about him possibly getting well, yeah, a I said, Yeah, I told him, I said, Rob, I'm tired of everybody else taking pictures in the end zone. We don't get to take no pictures in the end zone. I was like, <laughs> when are we going to get to take a picture in the end zone? Like every you other take team. a picture in the end zone. Yeah, so I was excited about that part. Um, that was probably that. And then the first sack this year, you know, I got, I got it on my own. So it was just that was really exciting. I think that was fun. I like I like your celebration. I hope yeah. we can see a lot more of the great yeah, Hopefully, different. Hopefully I get to get something to play off. Maybe, maybe a different celebration? Yeah. Or are you going to add to it? Maybe I'll add to it. it? We'll oh, see. Cool. I don't okay. know. All right. We hope we see you uh, a lot more in the weeks to come. DJ Reader, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Tremendous stuff there from two of my favorite people, DJ Reader and DP Sudu. All right. Another one that would qualify as one of my favorites is Clint Sterner. You hear him every single day on Sports Radio 610. He's got that 2-6 to six slot down. He's also on our postgame show with Sean Pendergast. He is a former Arkansas Razorback quarterback. He is a former Dallas Cowboy, former Miami Dolphin quarterback. Put over to the World League. This guy knows ball. That's why I have him on. He's a good friend of mine. We're going to do that next. Talk about this Bills squad. We're going to talk about Sean Watson and what also did Clint see from A.J. McCarron as well last Sunday against Tennessee Titans. All that next on Texans All Access. Before we dive back into the show, a New Year's night edition of Texans All Access with me, your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. It's time for this week's Stats Challenge brought to you by Schlumberger. Visit HoustonTexas.com today to register to take the Stats Challenge. Now, on Saturday, we have a pretty good feeling that J.J. Watt Activated to the 53-man roster, will be active on Saturday. Don't know how much he'll play, but I would assume and got to have it situations he'll be on the field. Pass rush situations he'll be on the field. We don't know yet about Will Fuller. I hope that Will Fuller plays. But this is your stats challenge, which got me thinking. I don't know why, but I was driving in this morning. I got to thinking about this. I heard Sean and Seth talking about uh, – so I heard him talking about J.J. Watt, and they were talking about Will Fuller at some point. I was like, well, let's put them together. Both of them, unfortunately, have had to deal with injuries over the last four years. Now, Will was drafted in 2016. So in those four years, the Texans have played 67 games. They've played three playoff games and then four seasons of 16 games each. So 67 games. Of those 67 games from 2016 to 2019, 
How many do you think Will Fuller and J.J. Watt have played together? Now, I eliminated a couple of, a few games from that. Uh, Indianapolis this year because Will went out after play three. Kansas City in 2017 because J.J. went out after basically the first like five to seven plays. So I didn't count those games at all. But of the 67, how many of them featured both Will Fuller and J.J. Watt in it? 17 of the 67. So just a shade over 25%. So basically one out of every four games, you've got J.J. and Will Fuller on the field together. In those 17 games, the Texans went 11-6. and six. And in large part, they went 11-6 and six because they'd lost the first three games to start the 2018 season. Uh, Will missed that first game. But then after that, you know what? I just made I just made a mistake. They were five and two in those games because Will missed the first game. So they were twelve and five. That makes it even better. How about that? Twelve and five in those games when Will Fuller and JJ Water on the field for the full complement of the game. Hopefully we're able to get that on Saturday and have this team as close to hundred percent as it could possibly be. Now, it won't be hundred percent because Sean Gibson is on IR, and we're, we miss him. We miss Deshaun, and we're going to miss Deshaun in that back end. But hopefully Jaleel Dye be ready to go. And Mike Adams, the venerable one who has been with the number of NFL teams, uh, a great vet for this team. Hopefully he's ready to go. And, of course, Justin Reed. Hopefully he can stay healthy and be the guy in the back end to keep it all together. So Fuller and Watt together in four years have played 17 of the team's 67 games. That's a little over 25%, and that is your Schlumberger Stats Challenge for the evening. Now, football doesn't stop for me or my next guest, my good friend from Sports Radio 610, former Razorback signal caller, former Dallas Cowboys signal caller, star of the World League. It's my good friend Clint Sterner. Clint, Happy New Year, my man. How you doing, buddy? Man, same to you. Look, we're in the middle of bowl season, which is always beautiful on New Year's Day, and and uh, you add it to the mix that the, the Texans got a, a week one matchup versus Buffalo uh, right here in Houston. So I, I, don't, I don't know that it could be any better, man. The, the new year is, is starting off exactly how I want it to start off. I wouldn't change a dang thing, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, Clint, let me just – I'll open the floor to you about this matchup with the Buffalo Bills. What's, what's your biggest concern about facing Buffalo – and what do you think about this matchup with the Bills specifically? Well, I think first and foremost, I, I don't know that I could handpick a, a better team as far as you take the AFC playoff teams and, and you put them in a, in, on a chart and, and you're the Houston Texans, who would you pinpoint that you want to play? Some people would say the Tennessee Titans. I'd say, but you've already played them twice. To play them three times, you know, three times in four weeks would be tough. They're, they're a very complete football team. And so I personally would select Buffalo. I think this is a great first-round opponent for the Texans to get to the second round. I think it's a great first-round opponent when you start talking about the matchups across the board. And I understand they got a very good defense. I, I get that. I mean, who, who, who in the playoffs at this point in time? Heck, even Kansas City's defense is, is trending upward. So there's yep. going to be some good defenses that you're going to face. And so I understand they got a great defense. But the strength of the Houston Texans is and should be their offense, starting with number four, Deshaun Watson. And so it's a strength on strength. I don't think this is an offensive team in Buffalo that can that can score a, a ton of points and, and get this thing lopsided. So it's, it's one of those games where I just think it's a great matchup, man. I think the Texans go in there and, 
and if they handle business, if they take care of their, if they do their job, I know it's not very sexy, but if they do their job, they should come out on top and advance to the second round. So I love, I love this matchup for Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans. Clint, I want to make sure I phrase this properly because last year's playoff loss to the Colts was a pretty much across the board, just an F minus for this entire team. But it was Deshaun's first playoff start. Uh, he had guys that were banged up at receiver. His offensive line was just a mess, and he did not have his best game or a game that people were accustomed to seeing from Deshaun. As he goes into this second game, how difficult do you think it is? And, and in part, I'm asking for you how it was internalizing a bad performance and then or not internalizing that bad performance and going out the next time in making sure that those same things didn't happen without pressing and then being the quarterback that you could actually be. How tough is that going to be for Deshaun to kind of leave last year behind and just live in the moment of 2019 of facing this Buffalo team? What do you think about that for him on Saturday? Well, I think first and foremost, I think Deshaun Watson's a guy that he, he literally lives the, the statement of be where your feet are. You know, I don't think he's concerned at all about last week, about Tampa, about last year. And so I just don't think – I think Deshaun is beyond uh, concerning himself with last year. But as you and I talk about it, um, you know, you look at it, it's, they're, they're a healthier football team right now, being the Houston Texans. They're healthier. They're, they're significantly – more talented, particularly on the offensive side of the football. The relationship between Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien, the play caller, is closer to what they're trying to get to long-term than it was a year ago. The the opponent coming in here, uh, again, being Buffalo, I love the matchup. It is not the Indianapolis Colts. It is not Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton who had your number. It's not those guys that have had a ton of success in this league both through the air and running the football. It's not an opponent to where if you allow uh, the quarterback to pick you apart, he will do that, and he will throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. And T.Y. Hilton will get 100-plus yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's not what you're up against. And so I just think that it's fun to look back at last year, and and rightfully so. We all will do that in in the media business. This week we'll talk about that indie game last year. But I just believe from several different angles, the, the week one matchup for the Houston Texans is significantly different both internally and relative to the, the opponent coming in. So I just don't think, John, I don't mean to dismiss the, the, the question as far as no. last year goes, but I just don't think that, that this team is anywhere close to who they were last year, and I don't think that the, the Buffalo Bills are anywhere close to Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. They're good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but Andrew Luck's not coming in this building. Their quarterback does not strike fear in, in this football team, right? You go in there, you handle business, and you should be able to take care of Josh Allen. There's just a lot less concern um, and a lot less history between these two teams than there were last year as well. So, for me, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a new year. It's a new day. Um, and and I, I don't think they're, they're looking back at all. No, listen, I agree with you 1,000% on that. I just know that they're – have been some thoughts and talk amongst people that say, well, hey, is there going to be a hangover from last year? I, listen, I'd, an, I'd answer my own question the exact way that you did. He, he is exactly – he's the epitome of be where your feet are. I mean, I think you said it best, and 
And you never have to apologize for a dumb question if you think it is for me. Never, man. I ask all kinds of them. Uh, which leads me, and, and I want to spend, if you don't mind, what do you think of A.J. McCarron last week? I know it's against the Titans, but they were playing their guys. They had to win that game. What do you think of the way A.J. played last week? I know he's not going to start in the playoffs, or at least I hope he doesn't because something would have happened to Deshaun for that to happen. But what do you think of A.J. on Sunday against the Titans? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I walked away from that game being encouraged about the backup quarterback position with the Houston Texans. I mean, I've always, in the back of my mind, I, I know who A.J. McCarron is. I covered him in college. I, I, I know he's a distributor. I know he's mature beyond his years, or let's say mature beyond his experience as far as snap count in the NFL. And so I, I knew he would be okay. But, boy, I, you talk about a guy that I, I was impressed with his ability to identify some pressures and, and, and adjust the, the, the protections and get the ball out on time and just play the, the game uh, a clean style of game, and when you've got this kind of receiving core around you, I know he didn't have Fuller, he didn't have Steels, and he didn't have um, Hopkins. But when if he were forced into action for some some reason, knock on wood, I hope it never happens. But but I, I think you got you got to back up that that serviceable. I think you got to back up that can move the football. I think you got to back up that can make all the throws on the football field. And and I think he he's got to come with AJ McCarron, whether it's his. The, the swag that he's got, or it's the, what he did in college, or uh, maybe he just has the it factor. I don't know A.J. McCarron, but it appears that, that I think he's a guy that the team would embrace. I think they, I think they, would, they, would, uh, they would rally around a guy like that. And I think we just saw the tip of the iceberg versus Tennessee. I mean, that some of the things that he did, um, they may not be highlight real worthy, but, but it sure was impressive knowing that he's the backup and he's playing, essentially playing handcuffs because of – a lot of the talent was on the bench to go in there and do what he did. I, I thought was really impressive, man. I, I think the backup, the backup quarterback position with the Houston Texans right now is in good hands. Well said, my man. All right, ninety nine comes back. We think. I mean, he's been activated to the fifty three man roster. I hate the fact that Sean Gibson had to go to IR, but he has been banged up pretty much since that Indianapolis game, the first one up there uh, when he had to leave that game with uh, a back issue, and it's been a problem ever since. So. T. Gip was gutting it out, so I hate losing him for the playoffs. But everybody wants to see what 99 does. And, Clint, people have asked me, you know, what do you expect, John? What do you expect from J.J.? And I'm not totally sure what to tell him because I feel like early on they'll try and manage his play count. But as soon as he starts, you know, banging the pads a little bit and realizing that he's he's okay if he is, that he's going to want to be in there as much as possible – what kind of boost do you think it gives the defense to have Watt back there, even if it's just his presence of being on the field that the Buffalo Bills have to account for him in the pass rush? What do you think about J.J. coming back this week against Buffalo and hopefully beyond? Well, I think it's, I think it's as, as, a, as big of an impact that, it, that, he was in it, that he was at practice last week and he's been practicing with the team. I think the juice that he brings at practice, is is just one of I mean I, I related to Junior Seau when I was with the, with the Dolphins I mean there's just a different the bar is set a little bit higher when those guys are setting the tone in practice and so I got to believe that that him just being there for two weeks throughout the the practice time has, has been extremely valuable now when it comes to game day you know when, to me it's a pitch count I mean I, I just don't and, and if you're going and you're playing Baltimore or you're playing Kansas City who's going to throw it 55 times and and, and your ability to get to Mahomes is really going to determine whether you win this football game or not. I, I would say, hey, it, it's playoffs. we got to get to the second round, and you're just going to have to go until, until you're, you're healthy or it pops again. I, I think that that would be the case if you were playing with a football team. 
but you're playing Baltimore. This defense has shown the ability to stop the run and 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 play a, an effective style of football uh, without J.J. Watt, and quite frankly, without J.J., without Bradley Roby, without Bernard McKinney. And so I, I don't know that they need 99 to play 40 or 50 snaps to beat the Buffalo Bills. Now, if this game, for some reason, the offense sputters early and you get into the second half and it's a dogfight and, and you need him on every play, then, then you got to adjust accordingly. But I think going in, to me, the plan has to be a pitch count, man. I, you play him on third downs. Um, you play him in critical situations. And, and you see how the game unfolds. And, and that, that would be my plan. I just don't think – and it's going, to be a bad, it's going to be a monster now keeping the guy off the field because he wants to play every snap. But yep. I just don't think that going into a game, coming off an injury, any injury, not just a pec injury, but any injury, when you return sooner than, than – a month sooner than people expected you to even be considered, I just don't know that it's, it's the smart thing to do is to throw him out there and ask him to go bench press double teams versus the run versus the Buffalo Bills uh, out of the shoot. If you need it at the end, go get it, big fella. But but initially, I believe it's a pitch count. We're talking to our buddy Clint Sterner. Clint, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Clemson v. Ohio State and the performance that Joe Burrow put on against the Oklahoma Sooners. It was a blowout, but you almost couldn't take your eyes off of LSU and what Burrow was doing against Oklahoma. I, it was it was fascinating to watch. They had 49 points before half, and then you had the nightcap, which was maybe one of the better college football games we've seen. What do you feel about the two teams moving on, two Tigers and Tigers, the battle of Death Valley, LSU and Clemson? What do you think about the whole playoff weekend and then obviously the matchup we got coming in a couple Mondays? Well, look, I don't know that we could have we could have asked for two better games. And when you get a blowout that's lopsided the way that that LSU blew out OU, it's 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 really good to, the fact that it's entertaining. The way that LSU it's hard to believe, man. I mean, the, the he's making big time throws. The the play caller Joe Brady is doing a hell of a job. And let's be honest, these receivers on the back end of it, yeah. I mean, they're catching fifty fifty balls at about a ninety nine percent clip. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just. They just don't drop them, and, and so the degree of difficulty through the roof. And Joe Burrow and the and his receiving core uh, that now they've added, obviously uh, the tight end Randy Moss's son. Go figure that. He, he's uh, I knew he was on the team, but I didn't know he was making plays like that. Yeah. Um, so so I mean, look, w- what they're doing is is, is special. I, you got to believe that Clemson's going to be able to slow them down a little bit, uh, a little bit more than than OU was able to do. And so it'll be, I think it'll be a different matchup. But I still love I still love LSU in the championship. The, the evening game. Between Ohio State and Clemson was was an old school backyard brawl, man. It was fun to watch. It, it was it was very entertaining. I, I think they did a hell of a job of getting the four best teams in the country in the playoffs. I know OU didn't. I know OU didn't perform well, but I, I do believe they earned they earned that spot. And and uh, so I thought they did a hell of a job getting the four best teams in, in that in that tournament. And it was fun to watch. I'm looking forward to, to LSU Clemson, no doubt about it. That's my man, Clint Sterner. Clint, happy new year, my man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week, my friend. All right, brother. Be good. Great stuff there from a pal, Dirty Red. Clint Sterner from Sports Radio 610, amongst many other assets in his toolbox, as it were. All right, we get back. It's time for our Men Behind the Mics segment of the week. And that means John Murphy. Longtime play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills will join Mark Vandermeer and break this one down in full next on Texans All Access.
We've got 2020 off to a good start. One hour's in the books. We've got one hour left to go on this edition of Texans All Access. The first of the new year, 2020, 2020. I don't know. How are you going to say that? 2020? I'll say 2020. I guess I like it better that way than 2020. But either way, we are continuing to dive into this matchup between the Bills and the Texans. Playoff football 2019 season is here. Now, that also means we continue our Men Behind the Mic series with Mark Vandermeer and the opposing play-by-play voice. And it's a guy that we've gotten to know, seeing him at the Combine, seeing him at the Senior Bowl. A guy by the name of John Murphy. He has been a longtime voice of the Buffalo Bills. A great guy to boot. And he spent a few minutes with Mark breaking down this matchup from his and the Bills' perspective. Mark, take it away. John, let's start right here as each of these teams had an interesting Sunday, an interesting Week 17 where you're playing a game and all of a sudden a preseason game kind of breaks out, yet it's a real game. So tell me what the experience was like for the Buffalo Bills players, coaches, and the fans as well going through that. Yeah, it was not great. I mean, you're right. A, a preseason game broke out. I would argue it was even worse than a preseason game for a while. Um, there just wasn't anything much of much of anything going on in the Bills game against the Jets. They lost it, uh, you know, thirteen to uh, I don't even know what the final was, but they lost it. They didn't uh, thirteen to six. It was. They didn't score a touchdown. Um, uh, Josh Allen came in, played two series, attempted five passes, didn't get much done. Um, everybody, all the starters were gone after the first couple of series. Uh, it was pretty clear they were determined not to get anybody hurt in that game, and, and they didn't even succeed at that, right? They lost their start, one of their starting offensive tackles and uh, uh, defensive back, too. So it was, it was kind of it was a very forgettable game, and you hope it doesn't have any long-lasting impact for the Bills. What was the turning point this season for the Buffalo Bills? Was it the Thanksgiving win at Dallas, or is there another moment I should be focusing on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, you know, they were pretty consistent all year. There wasn't a real big turning point. They won the games they should win. They beat lesser opponents uh, for the most part from start to finish. Uh, I guess the Cowboys game is important because it was the start of a, a four-game stretch, really, against really good teams and, and top ten defenses in the NFL. And they came out and dominated in that game on Thanksgiving Day at Dallas. And they, they you know, they didn't win a whole lot after that. They uh, uh lost uh, in fact three of four after that but that was a game that I think indicated that they were going to be a force to be reckoned with and a playoff team in the NFL because it was a pretty complete game probably the most complete game the Bills have played this year. John Murphy voice of the Buffalo Bills with us all right so you lost close against Baltimore New England these were close games what did the Bills need to get them over the hump in those games and what might they need on Saturday that would have helped them in those games as well? Yeah, I mean, they need more consistent offense. They need, you know, what they really could use is a better start to their games. They've been a very slow starting team uh, all season long, and it would really help them immensely if they could start fast and maybe do a better job of getting out of the gate quickly. And that goes for Josh Allen and the entire offense. I think that would go a long way. They they did it against Dallas and what was their most complete game of the second half of the year. Um, but they've been consistent. They they haven't been. Uh, they've been a great defensive team. They score. Uh, points when they need them for the most part and in their 10 wins you could say that but they haven't scored a lot of points and they haven't been a uh, a big producing offense so I would think getting off to a fast start would be the best thing they could do to to uh, get up to to come up with a win this Saturday against the Texans. John we see the numbers but what is different about Josh Allen this year that we don't see? Well yeah I mean he, he's just more consistent he's more um he makes better decisions than he did a year ago a year ago he was sort of a uh, 
a wild man who is uh, very talented physically and as a runner and a passer. But this year he makes more de- he makes better decisions. He uh, chooses to uh, be careful with the football. He had a, a rough start to the season, ten turnovers in the first uh, couple of games, and then he just shut down the turnover machine. You know, and I think that was a big a big turnaround for him. He wasn't turning the ball over. That's been the the best thing he's done is stop the turnovers, and that came after a, a rough four first games this year. Um, but he's a good player, and he's a talented player. He's a great thrower, got a big, strong arm, and he's a tremendous runner. I think he's a, a force, but as long as he plays under control, I think the Bills feel much better about Josh Allen. John Murphy, voice of the Bills with us on Texans Radio. John Brown, what has he meant to this team, 1,000-yard receiver? Yeah, he's meant everything, really. He and, and Cole Beasley, also the former Cowboy, were uh, maybe two of the best uh, uh, free agent signings uh, last March, and, and they added a lot to an area where the Bills needed help, wide receiver. Uh, John Brown, in particular, has added a, uh, a speed dimension to the offense, which they did not have, but he's a much more complete receiver than that. He's kind of an all-around receiver, and uh, he, he's done a good job of uh, getting open and being a reliable target for Josh Allen. He does a good job in, in uh, blocking when, it, when he's asked to do that, too. And more, most importantly, he's a He's a good teammate who seems to have a knack for making the, the right plays at the right time. I think he, he really is a, an outstanding player, maybe a number one receiver. I think the Bills would argue that he is a number one receiver, but we'll see. We'll see if they add more help at wide receiver during the offseason. John, the uh, fans here are very familiar with Ed Oliver. So how's he fit in in Buffalo so far? We can see the numbers, but what can you tell us? You know, it's been an interesting year for Ed Oliver, the Houston native and Houston Cougars uh, alumnus. Um, he started out slowly and, and was not uh, a factor in the Buffalo defense. was part of the rotation for the most part, but eventually lost his starting job to another defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips. Uh, he, he stuck with it, though, and he did a good job of hanging in there and, and making plays and uh, uh, doing, the, doing what he could to get back in the lineup. He's still not a starter, but he's an important part of their defensive line rotation. Uh, the same things that folks saw at, at, for the Houston Cougars, they'll see for, from Ed Oliver now. He's, he's very quick off the ball. He's very uh, um, a very good uh, penetrator as a defensive tackle. I think he does. Uh, he he kind of gets overwhelmed sometimes by big offensive linemen and can get lost in the run game. But the Bills do a pretty good job of spotting him in there and getting him uh, enough significant work so that he's a he's a contributor on defense. He had a huge game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Boy, Jordan Phillips looks like a game wrecker. What can you tell us about this guy? Yeah, really a great story and a good guy. He's. Uh, you know, he came on last year, a waiver claim by the Bills from the Dallas from the Miami Dolphins, came on last year and was a contributor as part of the defensive line rotation, and then came in here, got a one-year contract uh, extension this year, just one year. And so he came in here this year determined to do even more, and he's done that. He's been a really good defensive uh, addition for the Bills, number one, uh, nine-and-a-half sacks, number one on the team in sacks. I think he and Aaron Donald share the lead with the number of sacks by defensive tackles this year. He's a disruptor. You know, he's good against the run, really good against the pass. He's quick, and he is. Uh, he plays with a very high motor, and he's been an important part of the Buffalo Bills defense this year. All right, give me a couple of guys that don't get the headlines, that don't really get the attention of some of the other stars, so to speak. So who else can we focus on this weekend? Yeah, I mean, the one guy that comes to mind is Karen Johnson, the Bills' nickel corner, who who may, you know, we'll see. They have some an injury to Levi Wallace, uh, their second cornerback, and they, that may mean a change in 
alignment. Maybe Terrence Johnson gets more reps than normal. But as a nickel corner, he's been really good. He's a great run defender and a really good uh, pass defender and is almost the perfect nickel corner now in his second year. On uh, He was uh, drafted in fourth or fifth round a year ago. Terrence Johnson, I think, is an important part of what they do defensively. On the offensive side of the ball, they, they get great work from the guys up front. But in particular, I think John Feliciano has been a really solid addition and, and kind of a, a leadership guy on the offensive line front. So those would be two guys under the radar that you might want to keep an eye on. John Murphy, voice of the Bills, with us. What are the fans in Buffalo saying about Houston, about these Texans? Well, you know, there's respect for what Houston's done. What is it now, four uh, playoff appearances in the last six years? And there's respect for that. I think people are aware of Deshaun Watson and aware of DeAndre Hopkins and know that they are – two uh, big-time playmaking guys that the Bills are going to have to shut down. But I don't think there's fear about this game. I think Bills fans and, and maybe the Bills themselves feel like this is a credible matchup. This is a good matchup for the Bills. Uh, it's a, a break for the Bills who have faced top-ten defenses down the stretch. Last five games, all their opponents were top-ten defenses. Now they get a, a little bit of a break in that regard. And I think many of us are eager to see what the offense looks like when they're not against a really tough defense. So I think it, it's, it shapes up as a very good matchup on, on both sides of the ball and a matchup that uh, the Bills and their fans are eager to get to. All right, so you've seen Tennessee up close. The Bills beat them, and you played the Patriots twice. So, John, tell me what you think of that matchup in Foxborough. I know Tennessee is different now than when the Bills faced them. Yeah, and it was way back uh, first weekend of October, and, and actually the, the Titans kicker missed four field goals in that game at Nashville. So the Bills benefited from that. But they played them well, and they shut them down well. And there was also the Tennessee Titans under Marcus Mariota, not uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think they're different now under Tannehill. Um, so uh, to, to talk about the Bills' uh, win against Tennessee would kind of be uh, a little misleading because the Bills faced them so long ago, and they're a different team now, playing much better. Uh, the Patriots are another story. The Bills know the Patriots very well. Uh, I think most Bills fans would love a chance for the Bills to somehow get to uh, play the Patriots again in the possibly the championship game. And I think, uh, uh, you know, the Bills have lost a couple of uh, one-score games to the New England Patriots this year. We know the Patriots pretty well. We probably know them here as, as as well as almost the home team. And we've seen the Patriots decline offensively. We've seen how they struggle to score points. And I think many folks believe that they are very vulnerable right now. I think uh, they'll probably get by Tennessee. But after that, I don't know. When they have to hit the road, especially, I think the Patriots are going to struggle. How did you slow down Baltimore? Because even though the Bills lost the game, you held them to a relatively low point total and kept them in check for much of the game. Yeah, that's a good question. I think what the, the, I mean, it's a solid Bills defense and has been and really good all year long. And I think that's where it started. You know, they didn't allow Lamar Jackson to hurt them too much. They were able to contain him. He got a couple of yards uh, on the ground, but nothing spectacular. And I think other than that, they just played their good, solid defense. They didn't blitz much. They never do. They just kind of line up and play defense and ask you to uh, make a lot of plays. And the Ravens were unable to do that here in Buffalo back then. So what's the feeling in Western New York right now, John, with the fan base, the Bills Mafia? And by the way, sub-question to this, when did the Bills Mafia thing get started? Was this going on, this kind of nickname during the Kelly era, or is this a relatively recent thing? No, it's fairly it's fairly recent, maybe in the last uh, eight to ten years. I think it was sort of a, uh, a heading. I, don't, I think it was Stevie Johnson might have had something to do with it, too, as mm. a matter of fact, the former Bills wide receiver was sort of a color, colorful figure. But, uh, yeah, it started last eight years or so, and it's sort of gained momentum. It, I think a couple of years ago the Bills Mafia was known for doing stupid things in the parking lot before games, diving into tables and lighting the tables on fire and, 
covering themselves in all sorts of uh, uh, ketchup and mustard. And now I think it's more of a movement where uh, the fans are, are good, solid fans who follow the team and, and support the team and, and really do a good job on the road of supporting the team. And I think there's going to be a, a contingent anyway. I don't know how big, but a contingent of some Bills fans at this game on, on Saturday. You know, they do travel well. Um, there have been several road games this year where by the end of the game with the Bills on top, the, the Bills fans have outnumbered the, the home fans, and they make enough rackets so that you can tell the difference. So I don't know if that will be the case this Saturday, but I do think they travel well, and there will be a, a sizable contingent of Bills fans in the stands at uh, NRG Stadium on Saturday afternoon. All right, well, looking forward to the game very much and seeing you, my friend. Thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it. Mark, my pleasure. Thank you. Back in 2015 when I had gone to the Combine, and when the Combine – was back in 2015, they did it in the West Club of Lucas Oil Stadium. So they stuffed everybody into, like, this club area, and then the radio uh, stands were all outside that. And there were only about 8 to 10 at the time, and it just so happened that we were right next to the Buffalo Bills. And so as there was kind of a slow moment, kind of struck up a conversation with their sideline reporter, Sal Capaccio, and found out we had a lot in common. We had both been football coaches in Florida, and we just talked for a long time. Got to be, you know, really tight, and we have continued that friendship ever since. And over the last couple of years, we got to know John Murphy a little bit. Seen him at the – he came here for the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago when the Super Bowl was here for the uh, Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. And seen him at the Combine, seen him at other things. And he is just a, a wonderful guy. Really nice guy. It's a really good radio broadcast team, and glad that we were able to get John Murphy, a longtime play-by-play voice for the Buffalo Bills, on the air with Mark, also the longtime play-by-play voice of your Houston Texans. Okay, we get back. It's time for an introduction to a player that has been here since week one, but really kind of new to everybody in the city, and that's Keon Crossan. Let's go Drew's Dirty Dozen. Let's go 12 questions with Drew Doherty with Keon Crossan. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. Let's dive back into this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access with Drew's Dozen. 12 questions with Drew Doherty. And this week it is defensive back and special teamer extraordinaire Keon Crossan. Let's learn a little bit of the young man from North Carolina. I'm joined now by corner and special team standout and new Houston Texan because, hey, you've been with us for less than a year. You've been with us since... Basically September 1st, right maybe late August. But it's Keon Crossan. First things first, how have you liked Houston? Oh, I think Houston's beautiful, man. Obviously, coming from a country town that I come from, Garysburg, uh-huh. it's really, really big. I mean, extraordinary city. Glad to be here, by the way. Now, you played your first year in the league with the Patriots, but like you mentioned, Garysburg, that's North Carolina. Yes, sir. You went to Western Carolina. That's correct. Clyde Simmons is a great football player way right. back in the day. So you've done your homework, huh? I've done a little bit of homework, <laughs> and it leads me to this. You talk about homework. Jaleel Adai, he said some interesting things about you, all very complimentary, but he said you're a minister. Is this true? Uh, yeah, I've been pursuing ministry for, I say, about since I was about 12. Right after college, I was I was uh, ordained, if you will, uh, received my minister license, so I get to marry people and be the Word of God. But the most important thing is leading your teammate, living right, and, you know, just you're just showing and leading by example. But it's, it's been an awesome experience. I, I think I did my first sermon on Easter Sunday of this year. I mean, it was amazing. I, I, I compare it to my Super Bowl that we won last year. It's better than the Super Bowl, I think. Uh, in my right. Yeah. 
Now, where was this sermon? Where'd you do it? Back home, actually, uh, the church I grew up in, Chapel Grove Baptist Church. Family was there, friends was there. It was a packed house, and God was in that thing moving, man. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thank a, you. A, a cool life achievement. That's really awesome. Now, you mentioned that you've married some folks. Have you done that yet? Or, no, or no, you, not you're, yet. You're able to, though. No, uh, yeah, I am. So for those of you listening, to. if you need to get hitched, we've got Keon Cross in here who can probably do the job. There you go. Provided that they, you go through the proper channels and right, the proper right. preparation, you're not just going to marry two random people. I mean, no, they gotta, no. there's got to be love. There's got to be a background there, right? Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you're not just strictly for hire. There are some, some things in there. So speaking in public, then, is not too tough for you if you're a minister, no, right? it's not at all, not at all. Like I said, it's, it's almost like being yourself when you're in ministry. It's just you have a bigger purpose that you have to relate, and it can't be opinionated. It has to be fact and truth. Just like if you were you're talking to me now, fact, truth. Have a good time. Just, just do what you, you, you know you can do. So you're NFL football player. That's mm-hmm. a job. Minister, that's a job. What was, though, your first job of all time? Oh, my Take gosh. me back. My first job of all time. I think I was at Dollar General. Okay, what were you doing for that? Oh, summer. I was uh, I was packing boxes. Uh-huh. I was unloading U-boats. Oh, okay, yeah. like at the back and yeah. the docks and stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, like, every Wednesday, I think, and Friday, those trucks come in. Uh-huh. It's like, this is not it. This is definitely not it. You knew then, when you were, what, 16, 15? Yep. Yeah, you knew then you did not want to pursue that career. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Okay, that's a good first job. <laughs> you learn many things, obviously, what you do, what you don't like. Which of your teammates would make a great coach? Mike Adams. How come? Obviously, he has a lot of experience within the league. I think he's very patient when it comes to young players. Yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. I've tested his waters a little bit. How so? <laughs> as an older player, you know, as a young player, you can kind of be defiant, if you will. So just, just to try to see, okay, yeah, I know I know type deal. You know, you try to know everything, if you will. And he's like, uh, okay, let me explain it to you, young buck. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, what you got for me? So, uh, yeah, I've, I've tested his waters a little bit, but he's done a great job of not only just being a great leader, but being a great teammate and great role model on and off the field. Switching gears, what's an animal that, when you're near it, scares you? Man. You know, I'm from the country, so it's not too many animals that scares me. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, like a lion probably terrify me just because. It's fair enough. King of the jungle. Yeah, I'm about 100, 180, 185 pounds, so his teeth and claws would, like, yeah. destroy me, right? So you're from the country. Did you grow up on a farm? There was a farm down the street from my house. We kind of claimed it. Uh-huh. So you kind of say it's all farm, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, we, all the pigs and horses. I was actually terrified of horses, uh, ponies, when I grew up, when I was growing up. Yeah, because I think their eyes were so big. Yeah. I, th- I always thought they were looking at me, so. I don't know. <laughs> so do you You still don't ride horses to this day? or you, I've never ridden one, actually. Never ridden a horse, even no. though you grew up near the farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. I grew up in the city, and I've ridden a horse many times. Wow, that's bad news for me, huh? I, I think you're doing okay. You know? <laughs> I don't think you need to worry too much. I mean, you're a pro football player, and you're a minister. So right. <laughs> you have many things going for you. What are some of your nicknames? Oh, man. When I was growing up, it's kind of ironic, but uh, they used to call me Spider-Man because I was so athletic. But I actually moved to New Jersey and that nickname kind of carried, and they called me Spider-Man, too. Why were you in New Jersey? When was this? <clears throat> I was in, I want to say, fourth grade. For about, I was there for about a year or two. My grandma lived up there. I, my parent, my mom moved up, and we just, I guess they wanted to give us the experience of the city life, but it was not what I expected, and I definitely want to go back to the country. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they called me Spider-Man, man, for some reason, I guess. You know, I used to jump off stuff and flip. Man, I could do a backflip off of, you know, a table or whatever you wanted. Can you still do a backflip? I still can. I so still can. when you score a touchdown, not if, because we're going to say when. Oh, without a doubt. When you score a touchdown for the Texans, mm-hmm. are you going to backflip? Can you do it in your pads and helmet? Don't I don't want to get anybody see. hurt, but I just, I'm just i wondering. I think I can make it happen. 
think yeah, I can okay. make it happen. All right, just give me but, ideas. But we have to have a full crowd. It has to have a be. It has to be a full fan base that's at the game, uh-huh. at home. Even if it's not at home, it could be away. But we need the H Town fans to be loaded, locked right. and loaded in the building. Okay, so there there might be or there there could be a backflip coming when you score a touchdown. Without a doubt. What's the best Christmas gift you ever received? You know, it's kind of crazy because every Christmas I've asked for a whistle. Especially growing up, I don't know. I always like the sound of a whistle, like a referee's whistle. Yeah, like a okay. Fox Forty. I don't know. My my dad always bought me a Fox Forty when I was growing up, and that was the only gift I cared about. I had gold. I had a. I think the best gift I had was a motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ninja motorcycle, and it was. I mean, I love that thing to death. Yeah, those things are fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you did you get a whistle this year? Did not. I think Santa Claus has put me on his uh, two old list. Uh oh. So. All you kids, stay young out there. So that's interesting. You're innovating here because I've heard of the nice list, I've heard of the naughty list. I've never heard of the too old list. Yeah, but yeah. Fair enough. Some of the adults might know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your go-to karaoke song? You ever do karaoke? Oh, my goodness. I think it would be Lean On Me, I think. It's a good one? Yeah. What would your career be if you were not a football player? I guess that's a kind of an easy one, right? Yeah, it'd be kind of easy. I'd probably be in ministry. Ministry? Doubt. If I wasn't a minister, though, we can take it a little Let's further. Let's do it. Yeah, what would you be doing? Because a lot of ministers do another job as well or have I, another job. I think I would be probably working with some kind of motivational speaking um, organization. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably be, I, you know what? I probably would still be in college. Yeah, yeah, because still I mean, learning something. Well, yeah. I mean, college is easy. You get free lunch. Yeah, you know, free meals. <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. You're good. <laughs> okay, you just mentioned something interesting: motivational speaking. If you had a Mount Rushmore, so you had to put four faces on it, the guys you think are the best or gals, best motivational speakers you've ever encountered or seen, who would be on it? The four. Oh, man. I think it'll be Inky Johnson. I'll definitely probably put Ray Lewis on there. I think T.D. Jakes is good. That's three. Yeah, I need two more, but I, I don't. I, it's hard to play some. You ever seen J.J. Moses speak in public? You know what? J.J. might be up there. He's really, really, I, I really good. I think he'll be up there. Man. He's really good. He's a people's person. You know what? J.J. Moses, definitely. Okay, uh, when's the last time you cooked something? You know, I helped my mom cook for Christmas. Yeah? What What was the dish? What I mean, dishes? I baked the cake. It was a honey bun cake. Most Sounds people good. don't know about a honey bun cake. I was going to say, what is that? How can I explain it? It's pretty much a a cake with, uh, like, cinnamon, brown sugar. You know, I can't give you all guys all my ingredients, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, it's a nice sugared-down cake with some homemade icing. Sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, in. if you're good, you can put some other flavors into it, like a strawberry honey bun cake or... Not bad. I'm, I'm sure. Good yet. I'm sure there's none left. There are no leftovers of that one, right? Uh, yeah. There's still leftovers right now. It's only a couple of us in the house. So. Okay, so that's why. Yeah. 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 Kind of hide a few pieces every now and again, but I like it. <laughs> so burgers or pizza? Oh man, I think burgers. What's on the perfect? What's on Keon Crossan's perfect burger? Definitely got to be a double burger, bacon, but it got to be turkey bacon. Okay. Yeah, I got to have turkey bacon. How crispy? I think I'll like it nice and crunchy. Okay, good. Yep. That's the correct way. Uh, yeah, some tomatoes, lettuce, but it can't be iceberg lettuce. It's got to be some good qualified lettuce that has nutritional value. Some pickles. Make sure they're dill pickles. And some nice cheese on it. Condiments or anything? Or? You can do ketchup and mustard. Ketchup and mustard. Or ketchup and mayo. Depends on the type of day it is. Speaking of mustard, who's your favorite all-time NFL player? Wow. Which has nothing to do with mustard, actually. It has zero to do with mustard. I just mustard. thought I'd use, use that sort of qualifier, that transitional yeah. phrase. I think I have two. When I was coming in the league, I always I always liked it. Tom. Tom Brady, yeah. I always liked it, Tom. And Brady. then you are his teammate. Yeah. Saw him every day in, in practice at work. Yeah. Uh, funny story is when I first seen him, I was like, oh, gosh, look at this guy. He's very long. 
Yeah, you know, his body is like super duper long. Like I said, great guy, man. Uh, great role model. I think he does he does good things in the community too. But I think he's he's a good guy to to follow. And my second is Matthew Slater. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Slater. He's a great guy all around. Great person. Great dad. Great player. If they ever did a Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and kind of recognize special teamers, you know, for their contributions, he would be first ballot. Yeah, as think, far as yeah, coverage guys and, and all those things, without a doubt. And you know, his accolades speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, another Pro Bowl this year. Uh, what is it? Seven or eight Pro Bowls now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to follow. I'm guessing you picked up a lot being next to him in, in the locker room, oh, being yeah. near him in the locker room. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, because it's carried over here, huh? Mm-hmm. Keon Cross, that wasn't too hard, was it? That wasn't hard at all. That wasn't hard at all. But I got to give a big shout out to the DB group here at the Houston Texans. They, my guys, they balling out. Yes, they are. And if you want to see some more interceptions and uh, turnovers, and also JJ Watts back, y'all. So come out support. Let's fire this thing up for Deshaun and the Houston Texans, man. And let's go get up in the playoffs and hopefully get to that Super Bowl, baby. Keon Crossan, I'm going to uh, pass this along mm-hmm. to our team president, Jamie Roots, and okay. our folks in ticketing because you just gave a nice message there. I like what you did, man. That was fun. Yes, sir. Thank you. That is a really interesting guy, fun guy. Glad he's around. He's got a smile that lights up the locker room. What a fun guy to have here in Houston. Keon Crossan, and hopefully he will have a big-time day, whether it's playing defense or on special teams, on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. All right, we get back. The voice of Texas, Mark Vandermeer, is going to join me and talk about playoff first. That first time you were in the playoffs and calling a game in the playoffs, what was that like? And what can we think about this game against the Buffalo Bills and how much the Bills have actually changed in two years since being in the playoffs in 2017? We'll do all that next on Texas All Access. Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texas All Access, a New Year's night edition. We had New Year's Eve last night. We got New Year's tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully everybody's getting 2020 started off in the right way. Joining me right now is my good friend, Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. Mark, on a level of 1 to 100, how excited are you for Saturday against the Buffalo Bills? I'm about 97.999 right now. I'm going to save the extra 2.111% for the next couple of days because I don't want to I don't want to get too hyped too early. Actually, I heard a great cut from Dean Pease, of all people, defensive coordinator for the Titans, because he's been in this rodeo a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he said... You don't want to. You don't want to get too hyped. You know, yeah. you prepare every week for these games, and it's not like you can work harder. If you are working harder, well, why weren't you working this hard last week right. when everything was so crucial? So it was a good point. He said he learned stuff from Belichick like that, and you just have to sort of take it one day at a time. Get ready for the game. Now, I am doing some extra work for this game. There's no question about that. From our standpoint, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think for the players, you know, you have what you have. You have a short week to get ready. But I'm totally pumped up for this thing. In fact, with each day that goes by, I'm thinking, oh, here we go, playoffs, more, more, give it, give it. This is what we, this is what we work all year for, as yeah. Bill Parcells would say for the players. This is what you lift all them weights for. This is what we strive for all year long to get to these moments right here, and let's hope that we have some really good ones on Saturday. Yeah, Buffalo comes in here with Josh Allen. I did this, Mark, and I, I'm, you know, we've, we've all had our our first playoff game experience the buffalo bills are going to have theirs on saturday and i know people say wait a second the bills were in the playoffs two Mm. years ago well okay on the starting offense of the starting of the starters you will see on saturday for the buffalo bills you know the answer to this yes how many of them 
started in the playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. There are 11 players on the field to start. Just two years ago. Just two years ago. How many? Offensive starters remaining. We know the quarterback is different. Right. We know the running back is different. Yep. All but the wide I didn't receivers. Know, but you, you enlightened me on this, that there's only one starter. One. Back from that team on the offensive side of the football. One. For Buffalo, there's one starter, and that's Deion Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Very, very good offensive lineman. I, yeah. I, I really like Deion Dawkins out of Temple. They start Quinn Spain at guard. He's a free agent. He's new to the team this year. Now, he played ten- He played for Tennessee, so we've seen him before. Yeah. Uh, he was a guard for Tennessee, so we've seen him before plenty of times. Mitch Morse came from Kansas City. Played in the playoffs with Kansas City. John Feliciano has kind of bounced around. Though That guard center guard, all brand new. Cody Ford, right tackle, rookie out of Oklahoma. You've got Devin Singletary but probably starting. He was at Florida Atlantic last year. He's a rookie. Dawson Knox, tight end. He's a rookie. John Smoke Brown, signed as a free agent this year. Cole Beasley, signed as a free agent this year. Josh Allen drafted last year. He actually played here with this team. You can even argue, and I need to go back and do this, the team for Buffalo, the offense that stepped in this building in 2018, is even that much different than it was the one that they're yeah. going to face well, on Saturday. I can tell you, prepping for this game, I'm thinking there are a bunch of guys that I really don't know yeah. based on last year's team. And then what about the defensive side of the ball from the playoff game two years ago? Because I would think, well, that defense was really good. Yeah. A ton of guys must be back from that Just defense. Just two years ago. How many? Four. Four, that's and it. three of them are in the second So game. you're saying from the playoff team that lost in that low-scoring game at Jacksonville two yep. years ago, you only have five starters that's it. that remain. That's incredible. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott got that team to the playoffs, and that was such a big story. They get to the playoffs for the first time since 99 in the, the uh, Music City Miracle. That was the last playoff game they had played, and, they gotta, and the Bills have got to go down to Miami, beat Miami, and then have the Bengals beat the Ravens. And it happens in miracle fashion. They've seen the locker room. Kyle Williams playing uh, in that game. Uh, gets to the playoffs for the first time in his long-storied career for the Buffalo Bills. And they get in the playoffs. And then McDermott and Bean basically tore down that team. They tore down. They looked at it and went, okay, what can we save? Our foundation mm-hmm. is our defense, our secondary. Leave it alone. Our front, Jerry Hughes, leave that alone. But we're adding pieces all across the board, including that quarterback in Josh Allen, a guy that's thrown for over 3,000 and rushed for 500. But, Mark, going back to my thought about experience, when you think back to just our jobs, just what we do, first NFL playoff game versus going into a playoff game now, how different was that for you? And how different do you think it is for Josh Allen going to his first playoff game? Well, my first NFL playoff game was on Westwood One back in 2001. It was the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Miami Dolphins, and I was doing it, filling in for Howard David, who couldn't make his red-eye flight. Yeah. And I was the the backstop. I was the backup. Yeah. I was the just-in-case. It'll never happen, but just in case he doesn't make it, right. go ahead and do the game. And Howie Dederoff from Westwood One called me at 5 in the morning. I was actually at a hotel in Roanoke, Virginia, just at a basketball game, Virginia Tech in Miami. And he said, you're on. And I'm like, okay. And I actually had to hop through Charlotte (laughs) to get there. But I hopped. And I got to the game in time. And I was able to do an NFL playoff game. Luckily for me, Johnny, that day, look, the prep time was very short. But I do the Dolphins a little bit because I live down there. 
uh, and the Ravens, you know, I knew them from being the Ravens, you know. They had just come off a Super Bowl season. They had the two Winnebago's uh, up front to yep. stop the run. They had Sam Adams and uh, Saragusa. Yep. I mean, those guys, but stands, the memory I have of that game is how huge those guys were right in the middle of that defense. Like, they were like two vending machines. Like, try to move the ball, guys. <laughs> Try to move the ball around these fellas. And they were just two RVs parked right there in front of your offensive line. And you weren't going to go anywhere. And the rest of the defense just filled in, did the work. And it was an incredible thing to watch them operate. Really low-scoring game. The game came to me. So there was nothing really weird that happened. No weird bounces or weird NFL rules situations that I might have been caught up in being a college announcer at the time with the Miami Hurricanes. But uh, So that's not a fair example. The one here, though, in 2011 – that one because you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You but th- get into playoffs and you know that game is coming and you're building up to it. It's going to be on that Saturday. The week took forever. Yeah, from Monday through Friday took forever, and we had a lot of events that week. Yeah, probably more than we have now in a different way. I don't know. There was it was a different time. We we're uh, we were still kind of breaking into Houston Texans YMCA. I think so. We had a big event there yeah, on yeah. Friday. I remember doing a, a couple of different things, and I'll tell you what. Coming into the bowl on Friday afternoon and seeing the stadium decked out with the playoff signage and everything, yeah, that was electric because I'd never seen it before yeah, here. You know, here we are. We're in the postseason and our stadium is hosting a playoff game. It was so exciting. It was like going into Madison Square Garden when I saw Jimmy Page's double neck guitar and a guitar stand and the John Bottom kettle drums up there, the Zoso logo. It was that kind of feeling. I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, before everything starts, there it is, all set up. So as you get into the game, mm-hmm. as you as it gets started, mm-hmm. how are you, how are you dealing with your? When did you kind of feel like you were? I don't say normal. How, when did you feel like okay, I'm good, like I'm I'm settled? Never, good. never, no, no. I felt really great the whole time, but the whole thing, that first playoff game, the whole thing was a completely elevated experience. Every call, every down just felt different to me every down felt bigger every the the beginning the end the in between all of it felt great and then you know you had late in the first half the watt pick six was unforgettable obviously and i was so glad i got that call right because yeah. that was it was really you know it happened so fast yeah you know i mean if but he quarterbacks, up and snags it it's like whoa quarterbacks throwing the ball full speed right. and all of a sudden it like it's almost like you're a camera, and you're like, Whoop, do you overshoot it? Do you overplay? Because you're, yeah. you're expecting that ball to come out, you right. know, and, and you want to find out where it goes. But it doesn't go anywhere, and all of a sudden, Watt's running the other way. So I got it right, and it was really thrilling, and I'll never forget that. And then the second half, you had Arians run, and yeah. you had Andre Johnson touchdown, and it was all one big, wonderful day. It was great. It was great. Do you – Putting that on the field for Josh Allen, mm-hmm. it's his first playoff start. He's doing it on the road, which I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I, I sometimes feel like, and, and, and you know, Bill's talked about that with us. Bill O'Brien's talked about that. Going on the road for us, like our, our we're five and three on the road this year. Yeah, we're five and three at home. We're five and three on the road. That, these guys do like going on the road for some play reason. Well they on play the road. pretty well on the road. But do you feel like Allen will have some of those same kind of nerves? I mean, when you're playing. I mean, obviously, two different things. You're calling the game. He's a quarterback. But the same kind of feeling I think you probably both would have going into your first playoffs. Yeah, yeah. That it's Everything's going to be huge. This crowd's going to be on fire. Now, I think with the crowd, you know, look, this isn't 2011 where it's their first time either. Right. You know, the, the crowd has been through it before. 
but they know how important it is to get up for this thing. Right. Now, they've been disappointed. They've been happy. They've been both, right? right. They, have, they had the Chiefs thing happen to them in 2015. Oh, that was my first. Right, and that was, that was an awful beginning, right? Because everybody's so fired up, all lathered up. You know, they had last year happen. We also had a win in 2016 in recent history. Yeah. Uh, but I think getting off to a good start, the Bills are a slow-starting team. John Murphy said it. Mm-hmm. The Bills are a slow-starting team. Let's see if you can get to the quick start here. If you can get an early lead somehow, get the fans, get the onslaught going with the noise, with the momentum. You know, I, I really think the Bills are so ugly, though, sometimes. Not in a bad way, right, in, right. in a good football way. It's they'll, just their they'll, style. They'll ugly the game out. It's, it's a meat grinder all the way through. They have only, what, six losses, and five of them are one-score losses. Yeah. So they've been in every game. And when, usually when you see, and you know this, usually when you say a team is in every game, it's because they got a great quarterback and a high-flying offense. Not yeah. to take anything away from their offense, but they're in every game because they keep it to a grind. Yeah. And, and you know you're going to be in this. Luckily for the Texans, Johnny, this is what they are. They, right. I mean, not all the time, but they can play this way. They can play grinders. They won a game at Tampa Bay like that. They won right. a game at Tennessee like that in recent uh, weeks. Yeah. So it's funny because you and I were watching that Saints-Texans game replay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and that was not a grinder. That was a high-scoring shootout, and that I thought the year might be like that for this team. But, but more often than not, they've played games where they just have to – Fourth quarter it out, man. Just yeah. like make those plays in the fourth quarter, both sides of the ball, all three phases. It's so interesting thinking back to that because at halftime, I remember saying to saying to Bill, we were, we were talking coming back on the field, and I just said, you know, what do you what do you got to do in the second half? Like, what's your what's your key in the second half? And he's looking at me, he's score. He goes, he's got to score touchdowns. And he's giant. Look over to the other side of the field. You got Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara. I mean, we got to score, mm-hmm. and they didn't score as much, obviously, because the Saints won the game. But they put up 14 in the first half, 14 in the second half. Um, but but he was right. That was one of those games where it was it was a heavyweight. I mean, it was a heavyweight old school 15 rounder just mm-hmm. lobbing haymakers at each yep. other in that game, and they just happened to win the 15th round. I mean, it was tied yep. on rounds. It was seven each going into that last round, and we thought we had done it with rounds 13 and 14, and then they come back with that final. Salvo and the oh, so tough to think about that, but it was one of. I mean, they were showing an NFL Network because it was right. one of the games of the year. It's such a great game for the for the casual uh, objective onlooker, yeah. for the Texans fan. It's a gut punch, and I felt it all over again because you have 37 seconds left, and Breeze gets them in field goal range, long range, but they made the field goal, and that's it. But anyway, that was the opening night game. I think as far as this game goes, I see it kind of like one of those fourth quarter. It's close. Got to yeah. make some plays and just eke it out maybe yeah and like i i use the word grind a lot i just think it might be that kind of game look i'd love it to be a three touchdown victory don't get me wrong and i'm yeah. hoping that's the case but you know we've seen this movie and, and i think that's that's the film we're gonna get we're gonna get a close low scoring game and the texans have to find a way to make those clutch fourth quarter plays to win they've won close games when they've lost it's been close they had one blowout if you will that's by they lost by 18 the philly at home mm-hmm. yeah that was it but their games have been close yeah, the game last year here was close. I mean, the Texans ended up winning by seven. Probably got a cover out of that, but they ended up winning by seven. But they had they needed the JJ pick after that. What do you think the value of ninety nine stepping on that field is? I, I think it's it's great for the crowd. I think it's great for the team. I don't know how much he'll get as far as snaps, but I think whatever you get out of him is a huge plus, And let's just ride with it. Yeah. You know, I, I think for this game. You know, this is a tackling game, right? This is a game where 
It's a tackling game. It's a hitting in the secondary game. I love that you have guys like Jonathan Joseph on this team who have been there before. Who's you know, listen, you got to send a message every time. And I'm not saying be illegal about right, it, right. but you got to make everybody feel every hit because that's feel. what they're going to be yep. doing to you. Yep. You know, so let's go on defense and, and make that happen. But I think what on the field they'd be idiots if they don't if they don't pay extra attention to them. And for the Texans, that means extra opportunities maybe for Whitney Merciless or Charles Amenahu or right. whoever else might be rushing the passer, and, and maybe you can get to them in those situations. But you better start with stopping the run. Frank Gore is a heavy runner. Uh, you got Singletary, like you said. By the way, FAU had Buddy Howell and him. Mm-hmm. Wow, pretty good. They had a good backfield. FAU. I mean, Singletary, I think Buddy's last year was 2017. Right. That year, Devin Singletary had 32 rushing touchdowns. Well, let me tell you something. That's why the Hurricanes are no good anymore, because these schools like FAU, yeah. FIU, South Florida's better yeah. than they were. I mean, they were around. FIU, FIU and FAU weren't even around when I was there, okay, right. as far as programs. I, I mean, that does you – UCF had just really started. UCF had just sort of, sort of ramped it up. USF. You take one or two players mm-hmm. away from if, – if each of those schools just takes a guy or two away from the Hurricanes – well, there you have it. Yeah. That's your deficit right there. Never mind the other big-timers uh, coming in and recruiting. Yeah, no doubt, and they have, and that's been the thing. Teams have been going in there and mm-hmm. recruiting and getting those players, and if the Canes can f- get those players to stay home, then you got an opportunity for the Canes to build it back up in the ACC, but they got to get them to stay home, and that hasn't been happening. When they have stayed home, you're right. They're going to FAU, FIU. I remember getting a recruiting letter from UCF when I was coaching in a, at Episcopal, and I remember getting that letter from UCF, and I went, this could change things. Yeah. This could really change things because if you start giving options beyond the big three in Florida, hmm, this boy, this could really be interesting. And UCF has turned into that program uh, in Central Florida there that's been really good. USF has had a few years that have been good. But FAU, FIU, giving kind of the, the – when the big three says no to you, but right. you could still stay home and develop as Singletary did, well, that's, not a, that's not a bad option to have. He's going to be – Man, he'll make you miss in a phone booth. Now, if you wonder what a phone booth is, uh, boys and girls, uh, there used to be this booth where you would go in and make a phone call because we didn't have cell phones. You'd drop a quarter, and a quarter is this little – well, you all know what a quarter is. Or they know what you? a quarter is. Does anybody know what a quarter is anymore? Do you know what it is? Do people no, they even do, handle but, money? But sooner or later they won't. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. It'll be a cashless society. That's where they want to go with it. But you're right. The phone booth, the pay phones – they're not around. So who do you announce first, offense? Or who do you announce on Saturday, offense this. or defense? <laughs> you know, look, defense went defense went first. It Sunday. starts over. It starts over. You don't have to you don't have to go by, you, you know, what order you've been in because I think either I way, defense. if you go Watt out of the tunnel last or Watson out of the tunnel last, everyone's going to go nuts, you yeah. know. Or but, Watson and Hopkins go out last. Yeah, I like mean Hopkins Hopkins maybe the either last way. one. People will go nuts. Go it's defense. the playoffs. I go defense. I play. Let, let I play on the ethos of that building, and yeah. I let Watt come because out last. That might be all you get. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what if that is? Well, I mean, for for 2019, unless Tennessee, unless Tennessee wins the two games, you won't have another game here in 2019, the 2019 season. Yeah. So let it all go. Let it all hang out. Let baby. it all hang out. Let Watt come running out of that tunnel. Let that crowd just go absolutely berserk. Yeah, they will go nuts. Then defer, mm-hmm. and then get them a three and out, and you score seven. It won't be ball game. That's the thing. No matter what you do against this team, it will not be ball game. Oh, because they're used to so much adversity and they're fighting through it. 
I mean, it should have been last year when we played them. We go up, I think, 10 nothing on them early. They're about to score again. Shot through interception. Mm. Jordan Poyer floating in the back, caught one in the end zone, and that changed the whole game from that point. Yeah. Changed the whole game. All of a sudden, they believed they were in it. That's what you cannot allow them to do on Saturday. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. And that's going to do it for tonight's show. Big thanks to Mark, to John Murphy of the Buffalo Bills, to DJ Reader, to DP City, to Keon Crossan, my man Clint Sterner, of course, to all of you for listening. Happy New Year. We will see you tomorrow. we got more Texans All Access. Mark's got you for a couple hours, and I got you on Friday for a couple hours. So we got you covered before we get ready for 335 on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. Thank you so much, everybody. Be safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.